Welcome into Ohio versus the World, an exclusive Ohio sports podcast where I discuss primarily your Ohio State Buckeyes, as well as some discussion on the Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, and crew. I'm your host, Jacob Wilson, and today I got a good podcast for you guys. I've got Matt Hayes from 97.1 The Fan coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about this Northwestern team. Obviously, they're taking on Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Really excited. That is tomorrow night. If you're listening on a Friday, that's when I'm recording it at least. Tomorrow night, Saturday, 8 p.m. on Fox, Ohio State takes on the Wildcats. Big game for Ohio State. If they want any chance in the playoff, they've got to win this game. And also, it's the Big Ten Championship, man. So you want to win that. You want to win the Big Ten. And if you don't get in the playoff, then, hey, this is a chance to get to the Rose Bowl. And that's a very prestigious bowl, a very important bowl to win. And I would be extremely excited with a season where we beat the Wolverines. We win the Big Ten, and we win the Rose Bowl. Not everyone agrees with me, but I would be personally super excited with that. So big game tomorrow, even if it means that we don't get into the playoff. We just want to win that game. So Matt Hayes from 97 won the fans coming on to talk about that. Then I'm having my friend Cody Boggs. Went to high school with him. Cool guy. He called me up the other day, wanted to come on the podcast, and I said, heck yeah, why not? So we're going to talk about the Buckeyes. We're going to talk about the season in review. Um, obviously, there's still the game tomorrow night, and there's still a bowl game or the playoffs, of course, but it's the regular season's over, so we're going to jump into the regular season, talk a little bit about it. 11-1, and one, um, it was a little bit of a bumpy ride, but we're going to go through it, talk a little bit about it. Obviously, if you guys know my podcast, it can go anywhere. It can be all over the place at times, so we'll do our best to stay structured, but you know, just kind of work our way through the Buckeyes football season, talk all about it, and then maybe work in some time for some Browns preview. They play the Texans Sunday. Um, that's really it. Mostly an Ohio State podcast today. And then Cody Boggs, who's coming on today, is also going to come on Sunday night. So if you're listening to this today on a Friday or Saturday before the game, remember to check out Sunday night. I'll most likely be having a podcast to discuss where Ohio State ends up in the playoff rankings and talk about this game Saturday night against Northwestern. So big po- big podcast coming out Sunday night as well. So hope you check that out. Hope you like this one. Um, we're going to start off with Matt Hayes. He's going to come on and then Cody's going to come on. So hope you guys like it. Hey, man, what's going on? Matt Hayes, how you doing, man? Good, how are you, man? I'm doing good. So we got you till uh, 1035, am I right? Yeah, but uh, that's your work, man, because I got to hop in there and help record a uh, interview, so we'll be good. All right, this is Matt Hayes from 97.1 The Fan, uh, producer of Carpenter and Rothman, 12 to 3, and then he does uh, Locked On Buckeyes. How's that been going? It's been good, man. It's been really good. Obviously, we've had a lot to talk about since Saturday, but no, overall, it's been well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. This show is... Uh... The show's getting there, you know, Good. every every episode getting a few more listens. So I appreciate uh, you and Beam and a few others coming on. It's been helping. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. I'm always down to help. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The best part is the dog, you know, barking in the background. That's probably They're always the- welcome. They're always welcome. <laughs> they're, be- they're better than us humans, so I'd rather <laughs> hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, first off, how you feeling about Lamar Jackson, man? Man, Your I mean, it's been, it's, been, uh, it's been exciting to watch. I think it's kind of been what I expected. When you talk about, you know, the passing is going to be a little bit behind right now until he gets through a whole offseason and works with a guy to get that sharpened up. But he's just electrifying with his legs, man. It's mm-hmm. crazy because I just remember as a kid the whole Michael Vick experience, and it's starting to bring back memories of that. So who knows if he can be that, but he's definitely got the athleticism to one day uh, maybe get to that tier of a quarterback because he's so gifted athletically. So, no, it's just going to be a fascinating thing to see if Flacco does return. I know he came back to practice this week, but – 
I think you got to stick with the kid, man. He's gave him a spark, and they're two and zero with him. And uh, I can't wait to see him get down to the ATL and get busy in that dome on Sunday. Yes, sir. I mean, two and zero. You got to stick with it, you know. Uh, hey, I think so, man. No doubt. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Buckeyes here. Obviously, they take on Northwestern tomorrow. And the big thing is Ohio State is looking for a blowout um, to most like to get a chance at getting into the playoffs. And if you look at Northwestern's schedule, they've had ten games inside 10 points and the other two were 14 point games so this is a team that every game they play is within one to two touchdowns they keep games close how is Ohio State going to blow this team out well I think the way that they can blow this team out is just continue to rely on number seven in this wide receiver core Mm -hmm. I truly believe that that's been the strength of this team all year long I know Northwestern is possibly expecting uh, some guys back in the secondary tomorrow night but when you just look at what Dwayne Haskins has been able to do um, especially last week, not even just him, but this entire offense and the Paris Campbells of the word and of the world and Chris Olave as a freshman coming on the scene and just balling out was absolutely ridiculous. But to me, I think that that's the route you have to take because, um, look, these guys have been special all year long. When you got a guy in Dwayne Haskins that can make all of the throws, NFL caliber throws every single week, I think that's what you have to stick with. And now the thing that we do know is Northwestern, they're going to be a disciplined team. And if they're getting veteran guys back in that secondary, it can make things a little bit tough. But I just think they're going to be so much more athletically gifted than the guys at Northwestern. You just talk about Paris Campbell and how electrifying he is, especially when you get him around the edge and things like that. And if Chris Olave is as real as we think he is, you got to keep going back to that well because there's just so much talent in that wide receiver group that it has just been the strength of this team all year long. And I just don't see a reason why they can't go to that tomorrow. So, no, that's going to be the big thing to me is I think Dwayne Haskins can have a big day. And uh, I think he'll definitely be finding his way uh, to the Big Apple to be sitting next to two and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be at this point. After what he did against Michigan last week, 400 yards, four tutties. I mean, you got to put him in New York for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute dog, man. I mean, we could sit here and talk for three hours about how unbelievable this cat has been all year long. I mean, it's just been spectacular because you remember the storyline coming into this year. I know a lot of people were excited about what he did in the game last year mm-hmm. uh, where, he had to, where he had to come in and not just manage the game. This cat had to win the game. And so I think there was a lot of hype coming into him, uh, coming into the season about him. And now he's paid off on that uh, wholeheartedly. And you look at Mel Kuyper, his big board that was released yesterday. I think he's got him listed as the second quarterback right now. So, no, this dude's about to make a lot of coin here in a couple of months, and I can't blame him at all if he decides to take his talents uh, to the National Football League. But, man, like I said, this dude, he's been unbelievable. He's been spectacular. He's been the best throwing quarterback that I've seen since Troy Smith, probably just a little bit better when you talk talk about accuracy and touch. So, um, no, I mean, I think Buckeye fans should definitely soak up these last eight quarters because I think it's a wrap for number seven as a Buckeye. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Matt. So, uh, on the other side of the ball, the opponent, Northwestern, I think Pat Pat Fitzgerald is a pretty smart guy. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to realize that this Michigan team is pretty similar to his team. They play that pro-style football, run the ball up the middle on you, got big wide receivers. They've got a good defense. They play pretty all-around football. So they're going to be similar to Michigan. And obviously this Ohio State team just blew out Michigan. So what do you think Pat Fitzgerald is going to be thinking to make sure that this team doesn't get blown out? Well, like you said, Pat Fitzgerald's a smart dude, man. He is not going to just ram his head against a brick wall and try to do the same thing for the entire game Mm -hmm. that Michigan did because he saw that that's a style that Ohio State can handle. So I would expect some type of wrinkles. Look, I know Clayton Thorson, uh, he was another guy coming into this year that I thought I was pretty high on, but coming off that ACL injury, it just seems like he hasn't been fully healthy uh, for the entire season. So, But this is a guy that can put some throws into tight windows. And we've seen, we saw last week, right, where you talk about Collins, 
Uh, Sheffield had good coverage. He just made better plays. And mm-hmm. Patterson put it put those passes where they needed to be. So sometimes that's something that you can't uh, you can't do anything about. So with Clayton Thorson, he has the ability to do that. But I would not be surprised at all. If we see a couple wrinkles, remember, going back to the Purdue game where Jeff Braun was pulling rabbits out of the hat. I mean, look, Northwestern has nothing to lose. I mean, to me, in my opinion, this is a bigger game than the bowl game that they're going to play in. If they can come out of this game and be, and be victorious and spoil Ohio State season, to me, that is going to be even bigger than anything what they anything that they can do in a bowl game because they know that they can completely take Ohio State out of the college football playoff conversation. So I would not be surprised at all if you see some type of trickery tomorrow, uh, reverse passes, anything like that, fake field goal, fake punt, because – like I said, they're going to push all their chips into the middle of the table. And no, man, look, if we can spoil the Buckeye season and completely el- eliminate them from national championship talk to me, if I was a Northwestern fan, that would be big time. I wouldn't care about this bowl that we're going to go to. We already got four losses. It's not going to be a great bowl. But, man, if we could pull this off mm-hmm. on Saturday, that would absolutely be huge for our university. So that's the thing that I would keep my eye on tomorrow because, like you said, man, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, he's probably watched the Michigan game four times over. Uh, since Saturday and he knows man with the way they bottled up Karan Higdon in the middle of that D-line Malik Harrison was an absolute monster on Saturday um, you got to give Pete Warner credit for the play he made in the end zone swiping that touchdown out of the other than the Michigan um, receivers or I believe is a tight end his arms in that situation so no I, I would expect some wrinkles man because uh, like I said man Northwestern they are they have no pressure on it. there's absolutely no pressure on Northwestern tomorrow at eight o'clock when this thing kicks off all the pressure it's going to be on the Buckeyes like it was for the Wolverines when they stepped in the, into the shoe last week at noon. Yeah, yeah, you touched a little bit on the emotions of the game there. and I'm a big emotion guy. Um, I think X's and O's are obviously important, but I think this Northwestern team is going to come in pretty angry because all week the talk has been, can Ohio State blow out Northwestern? No one's even talking about, right. can Northwestern just beat Ohio State? People are, not even, yeah. people are just kind of ignoring the fact that Ohio State could, you know, have a bad game and just lose this game outright, let alone blow them out. So everyone's coming in nope. talking about, can Ohio State blow them out? I think Northwestern's going to come in pretty angry just from hearing that narrative. No doubt. And it's a dangerous game to play because mm-hmm. the conversation immediately shifted to after the Michigan game. Not can Ohio State beat Northwestern, but can Ohio State get into the college football playoff? So everyone is completely overlooking mm-hmm. this team. And every time that we've done this here in Columbus or the national media has put this on Ohio State, it's pretty much been disappointing, right? And I know they've only lost once. But as far as the eye test and things like that go, you can count countless games, the Minnesota game, the Maryland game, to where they're hanging around with teams that they don't have any business hanging around with. So that, to me, is going to be a – that's a great point that you bring up because Northwest is going to come in here with a huge chip on their shoulder, and they're going to say, we feel disrespected. Now, you can flip that and say on the emotional side of things for Ohio State, the thing that I've been talking about on our podcast with Beam is I'm concerned about the emotional letdown for Ohio State because, let's face it, Last week, Ohio State was Northwestern because mm-hmm. all they heard, all they heard was how Michigan was going to come in here. They're the better team. The defense is atrocious, and look, rightfully so. When you lay an egg like you did, and against Maryland, I don't care that you won the game. That was a really bad performance by Ohio State, and the way Michigan's looked all year long, you had to show them the love that they deserve coming into last Saturday. But that's a great point that you bring up: is that down Northwestern, the table has turned. Ohio State is supposed to be the team that goes in there and hammers. Um, the Wildcats, the way Ohio State hammered Wisconsin a couple years ago down in Indy. That's that's an interesting thing, and it's a dangerous game to play. So I'm sure Urban has been hammering into those guys' domes that, look, man, we got a lot to play for. We got a championship to play for. They'll, they'll kind of know where they lay 
in the college uh, football playoff rankings in that landscape as far as because the championship games, you got the SEC <clears> before them, you got the Big 12 game before them. So they're going to know what's going on. It's going to be an interesting day tomorrow, no doubt about it. But I think the emotional aspect of this game for both teams is definitely going to come into effect. And hopefully the Buckeyes have completely rinsed off all that Michigan love they've been getting all year long. They've been in the lab getting busy. And I would I would expect nothing less than a sharp team. But like I said, if, if we get to the say the second quarter, the end of the second quarter right before half, and they're a flat team, that'll tell you everything you need to know because uh, the emotional juice just won't be there for the Buckeyes. And I'm hoping and praying that's not the case because they got so much to play for, uh, regardless of what happens before them um, in the other championship games. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep talking about emotion. Um, let's say Oklahoma does blow out Texas. And then Georgia even beats Alabama, and you're looking at like a no shot of getting to the playoff. How motivated yeah. do you think this team comes in to win a Big Ten championship and have a shot at a Rose Bowl? Well, here's the thing. I mean, the human nature will sink in a little bit, mm-hmm. and I just it would be very hard for me to imagine those guys being as jacked up as they would be if that scenario wasn't on the table. So, um, look, if if Georgia does beat Alabama, that's the worst case scenario for yeah. Ohio State. I, I think you can't really worry too much about what Oklahoma does. Because I do think in the back of the committee's mind that they are a bit concerned about this Oklahoma defense. It's a real thing. When you're talking about four straight games of getting 40 points put on your head, that's that's not championship caliber. Um, that's not a championship caliber team. And it's just so funny because the narrative that Mullen has been putting out there is that, well, the defense for Ohio State isn't great, but the offense for Oklahoma is great. Well, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Ohio State's offense is right there with Oklahoma. So it's a very interesting thing. But, no, it's a great thing that you point up. But if Georgia does beat Ohio, uh, Alabama, excuse me, that is worst-case scenario for Buckeye Nation. So like I've been saying, Buckeye Nation, wake up tomorrow. You're going to feel a little grimy, but you need to pull out the crimson gear tomorrow and rock <laughs> that thing throughout the SEC championship game because if they lose, we know what's going to happen. A one-loss one Alabama is going to continue to be – in the college football playoff, and it's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame playing for a national championship, and we'll be headed out to the Rose Bowl uh, with roses in our mouth if we win the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, roll tie tomorrow and okay, cool, hook them, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> okay, cool, hook them. I mean, it's, it's grimy. You're not going to feel good about it, but that's what you got to do, man, and you just look back to that last game against Oklahoma and Texas and yeah. how crazy that was. I believe it was 48 to 45 was the final score, so I'm, I'm expecting a shootout. No, so it'll definitely be uh, – a very uh, interesting jittery day in Buckeye Nation tomorrow because a lot of people are going to be focused on two other games. They're going to have a major impact on what could happen for the Buckeye. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, one more playoff scenario for you, and then and then maybe one other quick question, and then let's get out of sure. here. Um, so let's say Oklahoma wins. They win close. Let's just say Oklahoma wins, and there's no way Ohio State can get over Oklahoma. And then Alabama does take care of business against Georgia. But Ohio State blows out this Northwestern team. Then they've blown out Northwestern, who North, Notre Dame struggle, struggled with, and they've blown sure. out Michigan, who Notre Dame struggled with, and they have a conference championship, which Notre Dame doesn't have. Do you think there's any chance they jump Notre Dame? No, I, I don't, unfortunately. And um, I hate this argument, but like I said, human nature is a real thing. When you talk about the brands of some of these universities, mm-hmm. and um, those people in that room know how big of a deal – um, the Notre Dame brand is those gold domes are rolled out there. And look, yeah. they've been a good team all year long. But like you said, they've struggled in some games and they struggled against this Northwestern squad. So, um, no, I just cannot see a scenario where they would take an undefeated team out of there to put the Buckeyes in, even though they are a Big Ten champion. So it is an interesting thing. I know a lot of Buckeye fans are going to be crying from the rooftops that that scenario happened and they did select Notre Dame over them. But 
Um, look, they can do what they want in the committee room. They told us so many different things for the last couple of years. We don't know what the heck they're going to do. But I, I'm a big believer that a conference championship does matter. And I think Notre Dame needs to find their way into a conference championship eventually because uh, you look at the Michigan game at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think Martellus, the safety, went out of the game for Michigan. And the backup safety ended up getting up a touchdown. That's either here nor there. But all I'm saying is I don't think Notre Dame – I don't think there's any way Notre Dame comes out of that three spot uh, come Sunday at noon. I think they are solidified in. So, like we were just discussing, man, roll tie. Okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, don't feel good about it. And, uh, drink some so- soapy water after that. Yes, sir. So one final quick question for you. I just want to know what kind of guy you are in terms of a, a little bit of a personal question here. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Big Ten champion, Rose Bowl kind of guy. Like I don't mind winning the Big Ten. I don't mind winning sure. the Rose Bowl. Um, I've been on some podcasts this week, and I was on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio with one of my friends, and we had an argument about it. And he was like, "Nothing matters besides that national title," you know. Yeah. But I was like. I mean, you can't win the title every year and you can't you can't sure. compete for it every year. And obviously it's unfortunate that we slipped up against Purdue and that might cost us. But say that worst comes to worst Sunday morning, we're at that five spot. But we win a Big Ten um, championship. We beat our rival. We blow out our rival and we win the Rose Bowl. Do you consider that a, a successful season? That does nothing for me. I'm with your friend. Um, it does nothing for me. And I think part of it, unfortunately, has become uh, the college football playoff effect to where now there's just such a lack of feel for any other bowl game but the uh, national championship semifinal and the national championship game. And I know a lot of people are probably with you, but for me now, when you're Ohio State, mm-hmm. you're part of the one. You're part of the one percenters in college football. Clemson, Alabama, and yourself. Those three right now are the three teams every year that have true national championship aspirations. I think definitely Georgia is on the cusp of that definitely to become that every single year because of what Kirby Smart has feeling uh, has been building. But no, man, if if we get to noon on Sunday and they're not playing in the national championship semifinal, uh, it's not it's not going to do anything for me. I could really care less, honestly. And I know it's just I expect Ohio State with the way they recruit and the coaching staff they have to be in the college football playoff every year. Now, I know that could be a little misguided, but to me, that's just personally how I feel. So I won't be too excited, man about going out to a Rose Bowl, but you make some good points. It's only been – it's been a one-loss season if they do win again and you, you hammered your rivals, you wipe the floor with them, you kick their, you kick their teeth in. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be with you, but me personally, uh, if you're not playing for a national championship here at Ohio State, it's a bit of a lost season in my mind. All right. We'll have to agree to disagree, but hopefully <laughs> I can get you on some time to talk about an Ohio State-Alabama preview because hopefully we do sneak in that four spot. But thanks yeah. for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. All right, thanks to Matt Hayes for coming on from 97.1 The Fan. Now I've got a good friend of mine, Cody Boggs, coming on. Cody, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. So uh, first, anytime I get someone on this podcast, I love to talk about their favorite sports teams. Obviously, for me, it's all the teams I cover on this show, but who are you a fan of? Uh, my number one fan team base is the Ohio State Buckeyes. I grew up watching Ohio State football, so it really sticks into my soul. I bleed scarlet and gray, man. Um, but professional-wise, I, I don't really follow a whole lot. I'm a player follower, uh, but mostly probably like the Dallas Cowboys would be my number one uh, NFL team. Other than that, I just kind of keep up with everything, go with the flow. Yeah, man. Those Cowboys last night take down the Saints. Big win for you. Huge, huge for this ball club. We really needed that win to help us seal a possible uh, 
playoff turn for us to be able to go in and show what we're made of. Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott having a great night. Uh, Prescott, I think, only missing four pass attempts that whole game. Defense holding the phenomenal Drew Brees to 127 yards. It was crazy. It's a fun game. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. No one really expected uh, the Saints to be held to whatever it was, 10 points, I believe. So that was that was a good job from the Cowboys' defense and just Cowboys in general. No one was expecting them to win that game, and they pulled it out. Me either. I was expecting to get completely decimated, but to my surprise, they pulled that one out. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So um, let's talk about the season that was for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I had Matt Hayes on. We talked a little bit about the Northwestern game. We'll get into that as well, but – if you had a few takeaways from this season, I mean, what would they be? My takeaways from this season, offense is playing very astounding. Dwayne Haskins always keeping a steady pace back there in the quarterback spot. The defense has looked a little rocky there from the beginning into the middle of the season, but it seems like they're finding the confidence that they need um, to be able to help win games. Of course, taking the blow from Nick Bosa being out, having to having to find that leader for them to be able to get a jump on the ball and help these Buckeyes win some games. Yeah, man, this offense is crazy this year. They put up 77 against Oregon State, 52 against Rutgers, 40 against TCU, 49 Tulane, um, 27 not a ton against Penn State, but 49 against Indiana. Um, They put up 36 against Nebraska, 26, which isn't bad against the Michigan State team, 52 in that Maryland game. And then against Michigan, man, they drop a 62-piece. What were your thoughts watching that Michigan game last week? Watching the Michigan game, my heart was full of joy. Watching the team up north get completely put in the ground. It is (laughs) fantastic to watch every year. But at the same time, it's in my mindset as an Ohio State fan, the rivalry doesn't seem to be there anymore. Uh, With seven straight coming from Urban Meyer beating Michigan, um, I'm looking for a little a little joy, a little jump on the ball, I should say, from Michigan for them to be able to stay in this. Yeah. But, yeah, but other than that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but other than that, I mean, Ohio State looking good against that Michigan squad. That's the team that I know we could have been this whole season from the start. We just had to find our way to that. Yeah, yeah, two things I want to touch on from what you said. And talking about the rivalry, that's a very interesting thing. It's kind of this paradox where – you kind of want – part of you wants Michigan to win this game every few years, so it's still a good rivalry. But when you wake up on that Saturday morning of the game, there's no way in hell you want Michigan to win that football game. So it's like a paradox. You know, you want Ohio State to win every game, especially on the day of. But at the same time, if they keep on doing what they've done for the last 20 years or so, they do that for another 20 years. I mean, this isn't even even a rivalry anymore. It barely is now. But, yeah. Yeah, it, the Michigan game, the game is a holiday for anyone in the state of Ohio. I yeah. mean, it, it beats out Christmas. I don't even look forward to Christmas anymore. I look forward <laughs> to Michigan week and beating that team up north. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting paradox where, like I said, and then the other thing uh, you touched on, man, just like you said, this offense has played great, but this defense has been shaky all throughout the year. It's been really weird, but they kind of put it together in a few games this year. Uh, when they played Michigan State three weeks back, they looked really good. Um, let's see here. They played Minnesota. They looked all right. They gave up 14 points. That was kind of a game where the defense – they gave up a lot of yards, but they didn't give up many points. Um, against Tulane and Rutgers, obviously, they played well, but that's Tulane and Rutgers. So this team in general, especially defense, has been shaky all year. Um, do you think they're going to be able to put it together one more time here against Northwestern? 
Uh, I do think they will be able to put it together here one more time. Um, I'm not super familiar with Northwestern's offensive style. I know they're a little slower, and Ohio State keeps an up-tempo. Yeah. Because we don't miss those key blocks and key reads that we did against the Maryland game, against the Terrapins, then uh, we should be okay because in that Maryland game, uh, the defense, it, it did not look well at all. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, the Northwestern game, man, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on Fox. The biggest thing I'm looking for, like you touched on, was just the speed of this Ohio State team. They're going to be playing on turf in that Lucas Oil Stadium, and Northwestern is not going to be able to slow this team down, I don't think. Um, Northwestern kind of is a similar football team to Michigan. I touched on that with that with Matt Hayes, and they play that old-school football. You know, they want to run it down your throat. They want to play pretty good defense. Um, they want to throw it to their wide receivers kind of the similar way. They want to do those fade routes in the end zone to their wide receivers, just like Michigan did last week. Uh, yeah, but they want to play de- good defense and run it down your throat. Those are the two main ones, and that did not work for Michigan at all. This Ohio State defense is really good at protecting the run up the middle. That's probably their strength, and um, they're you know it's going to be really hard for Northwestern to play good defense against this Ohio State offense. So it's going to be interesting, but – I mean, Ohio State most likely needs to go into um, Lucas Oil tomorrow night and get a blowout win. Obviously, it's important they just win because you want to win that Big Ten title as an Ohio State fan. But do you think Ohio State can blow out this Northwestern team? I absolutely think they can blow out this Western team, this Northwestern team. If we go out there and play, I mean, to look into the past, if we go out there and play like we did in the Big Ten championship against Wisconsin and put up 50 points, with them, with a solid goose egg, we will look fantastic to the playoff committee going into the selection of next week. Yeah, yeah, like we said, the goose egg is very important because Oklahoma's probably going to win a tight game. Um, if they lose, then Ohio State wins and they're in. But say Oklahoma wins a tight game, but they give up a lot of points, this committee is a lot of, there's a lot of old guys in that committee room. You know, they want to see good defense for the teams they're putting into the playoff. And if Ohio State, not only do they want to win big, but they want to make sure – it's a solid performance from that defense. So the committee thinks this is a more well-rounded team than uh, Oklahoma. So if you're Ohio State, yeah, it'd be nice to win like 70 to 30, 70 to 40. But more, you'd rather probably see like a 42 to 3, 42 to 10, 35 to nothing kind of game. Show that committee that the defense has got it going for two weeks in a row now. And this is just a well-rounded football team. Yeah, I completely agree with you. As long as Ohio State's offense can come out and do what they've been doing all year, then we are looking at a solid matchup and most likely a good win for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, trying to think of what else I want to touch on here. I guess, interesting enough, I wanted to bring this up as a point. Northwestern this year, they have played, obviously, 12 football games. Ten of those games have been within 10 points. So I think it's going to be difficult to blow this team out. They are built on keeping games close the way they play. They run it down your throat. They run that clock down. So it's going to be hard to blow this team out. But Ohio State's got to do it. So tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on Fox, we're going to be rooting for that blowout. Unless Oklahoma just loses, then we'll just be rooting for the win. But, you know, yeah, so let's talk some playoff scenarios if you want to. Okay, well, I think the best scenario for us, first off, like you said, is we need Oklahoma to lose. I need Oklahoma's offense to come up short just a little bit to help the Buckeyes push into that playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. Most importantly is Oklahoma losing. And then obviously um, you need Alabama to win. So it's kind of funny. We talked about it with Matt Hayes um, a little bit ago. You know, you're going to be rooting on Alabama and Texas with Tom Herman. So you might feel a little gross Saturday morning waking up 
might feel a little bit icky, but you got to do what you got to do as Ohio State fans. So it'll be, you know, 12, 12 o'clock noon. I don't know what channel it's on, but you'll be rooting on them Texas Longhorns. Okay, cool, hook them. And then 4 p.m., you'll, feel, you'll be feeling <laughs> gross about saying Roll Tide. And then 8 p.m., obviously, you'll be rooting on your Ohio State Buckeyes. Exactly. I mean, you'll never hear Roll Tide out of my mouth, but I'm sure there will be people <laughs> that are saying across the nation. But, you know, whatever helps us get that jump. Yeah. And I also, if I may, I want to talk about a little bit, not too much, about this Notre Dame team that's in the playoff right now, undefeated. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing is, is because they're not in that conference, so they don't have a conference game. And that's is what I think to the committee is a big push because they, no matter who's in that in the playoff spot, as long as there is an undefeated Notre Dame team in there, they will always stay in there and they will always compete for a national title. Yeah, that's something we can get into. I talked about it with Matt, and he kind of shut me down a little bit. Said he didn't want, he didn't, he didn't, <laughs> he wasn't really believing in what I was saying. But the way I look at it, man. I know that they're probably going to keep Northwestern in, but let's talk about that scenario. Let's say Oklahoma wins big. Let's say Ohio State wins big. And let's say Alabama wins. Then a lot of people are going to be saying it's Ohio State and Oklahoma competing for that fourth spot. Oklahoma's probably going to get it. But I think there's a chance, especially if you go into 538, they do the analytics for ESPN on the percentage chances of teams getting in. If you do that scenario, then both Oklahoma and Ohio State have a higher percentage chance to get in than Notre Dame. I think it's interesting because you say Ohio State goes out there tomorrow night and they blow out this Northwestern team. And they're sitting at two comparable games with Notre Dame, um, Northwestern and Michigan, the last two teams we played. And if we blown out Northwestern and we did blow out Michigan Saturday, then we've blown out both of the comparable opponents with Notre Dame. Notre Dame barely squeaked by both of those teams. Obviously beating Michigan is just a good one in general, but they squeaked by Northwestern. Um, they're only up three points with like three minutes left in that game. They beat Michigan by a touchdown. That was the first week of the season, too. Michigan was still just working on getting Shea Patterson going. So those will be your two comparable games. And then Ohio State will have a conference championship, and Notre Dame will not. I think Ohio State has a legitimate argument over Notre Dame in the playoff. I don't know if you agree with me there. Um, I do agree with you a little bit, but thinking from a playoff committee perspective, I do think that an unbeaten Notre Dame team Mm -hmm. would most likely stay in that spot into the playoff. Um, so, but if, if Ohio state wins big over Northwestern, then we, I want to believe that we will jump Oklahoma for that sport, for that four spot in the playoff and contend for a national title. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So where do you stand on Ohio state, Oklahoma? Do you think not in terms of your opinion, but if you were, what you think the committee will do, say Oklahoma wins by three points and they give up a lot of points. They win 52 to 49, similar to how they won last week. And Ohio State, say, wins 45 to 10. What do you think will happen? Um, I think the playoff committee will pick Ohio State to be into that four spot. One, because it'll bring – I think it'll bring a little bit more viewership to uh, the playoff come mm-hmm. come playoff time and national title. I, and I think the Buckeyes deserve to be in that spot um, for competing as well as they had if they do beat out Northwestern because we beat uh, a very good Michigan defense, although they didn't look very good against us. But a very good Michigan defense, nonetheless, and uh, a very well-coached Northwestern team. And I think that gives us the edge over Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if two well-rounded performances in a row is enough for Ohio State, but, man, this Oklahoma defense is just so bad. Um, They're putting up, you know, I think they gave up 56 points, was it, to West Virginia last Friday night a week ago. And they've been giving up, like, they've been giving up, 
that many points all year. So it's just hard for me to see a scenario where if that does happen, Ohio State doesn't get in. Ohio State, I think if they put up a good defensive performance, they win this game pretty comfortably, and Oklahoma gives up a lot of points, continue to play bad defense, but squeak out a win, then I think the path is there for Ohio State to get in. I mean, we saw it in 2014. They were ranked number six, um, and they blew out Wisconsin 59 to nothing. And TCU was at the four spot. And they even blew out the team they were playing that week, but that was still enough for Ohio State to jump in. This is a different committee chairman and different people in the room, but I still think it's definitely a possibility. But I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma still still stayed at, still got the four spot, even if they just found a way to win, because this is a good Texas team, and this Northwestern team is not anywhere near ranked where Texas is. So I could see them just saying, squeaking by, Texas is enough. Yeah, I agree with you, and I and I I think some Ohio State fans would agree with you too. And I've 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 spoken to a lot of Ohio State fans, friends of mine, and people, and they say some actually have said that they don't want Ohio State to get into the playoff because they don't want a reoccurrence of having to face possibly Clemson again and get mm-hmm. blown out again, or playing this very very good Alabama team and getting completely annihilated. And so they're they're really content on a on a good Rose Bowl game or a nice bowl game. Yeah, I actually have that. I didn't write much stuff down. I'm not super well prepared for this podcast, but that's actually one thing I wrote down and you brought it up. So we might as well get into it. Um, say Ohio State, they beat Michigan last Saturday, obviously blew them out. They beat the rival. They beat them uh, 14 out of 15 times now, which is incredible. Then they go into Indianapolis tomorrow night. They win the Big Ten and then they don't get into the playoff. They sit at five or six. Um, and then they win the Rose Bowl. Would you consider that a successful season? I would consider that a successful season. I think the Rose Bowl game is a very, it's a very nice game to just wrap everything up with a nice little bow. Uh, I don't know who we would face in the Rose Bowl game most likely, but if we do win that, I, I think it's a very successful season for Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes. All right, I like it. Someone I agree with. <laughs> I went on a. I went on, if you remember Kyle Ghost from high school, he's I got do, a show yeah. He's got a show at the Union, and I came on there, and we disagreed pretty pretty vehemently on that. And then I just had Matt Hazahan from 97-1, and we kind of disagreed on that too. He said this season would mean nothing to him if they won the Rose Bowl. Um, I just disagree with that, that line of thinking. I think there's 130 teams in the FBS. Um, you can't win the national championship every year, and the Rose Bowl is still the granddaddy of them all. I know it's been diminished a little bit by this four-team playoff, and it was diminished back in 1999 when the national championship game came into uh, occurrence anyways. But still, for me, I'm a big historian guy. I love Ohio State history. I sit and watch videos of Ohio State playing in the 60s and 70s under Woody Hayes and winning Rose Bowls. And yes. I still just – when I think of the Rose Bowl, it gives me chills, and just thinking about winning it makes me happy. And obviously when the Rose Bowl is a semifinal game, then it's even better to be there. But I still think – Winning the Big Ten back in the day, back in the 70s, back with Woody Hayes or Earl Bruce, a successful season was you beat Michigan uh, and you won the Rose Bowl and you won the Big Ten. So I still yeah. consider a successful season. Maybe if we go to eight teams, then I'll, I'll, start, I'll stop considering uh, not being in the playoffs a successful season. But for now, I think if Ohio State does those three things, it is a successful season still. I, I completely agree. That. I'm so glad you said the eight teams think this playoff. I need that to happen so bad. So we can just get some some better teams in here and have a little bit of competition because I mean if we jump to eight teams for this college football playoff I mean you get you get Ohio State you get Oklahoma if it were this season you get Ohio State Oklahoma you'd actually mm-hmm. probably get a UCF team in there even though they don't have a strong conference 
but I would really like to see them contend with these, you know, these big power schools up in here into the uh, college football playoff. And I, I just think the eight teams thing would be phenomenal for us to add uh, to NCAA football. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you. Obviously it, it does devalue the regular season a little bit. It devalues all the Rose, Rose Bowl games for teams like Ohio State, at least. If you're Ohio State, if you're not in that 18 playoff, it's not a successful season every single year. So the pressure is on in terms of making that playoff. But, yeah, I think you got to have it because teams like Ohio State, if Ohio State goes 12-1 and one and they win the Big Ten, they blew out Michigan, who was number four at the time, um, that team deserves to have a sh- shot at a national title. Um, and they might be sitting at five looking – at the outside in. I think a Big Ten champion always has to at least have a shot at the national title. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. And and like you said, I, I always look back uh, on the history of Ohio State and just I watch some of those old Rose Bowl games, you know, Ohio State and, uh, you know, USC, and they're mm-hmm. battling out, you know, gridiron, grass and face masks, hitting the hell out of each other, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. That's classic football. And, you know, I kind of miss that having this college football playoff. But, other than that, it, we just we really need the eight teams for this for this playoff. Yeah, yeah, I think eight teams would be interesting. Um, I don't know how you, which way do you like the eight format to be? Do you just want the eight best teams, or do you want certain uh, caveats with the champions of the conferences getting in and stuff like that? Um, it's really hard to tell. I would like the champions of the conference conferences to get in, but then again, that it that would exclude teams like Notre Dame who, mm-hmm. you know, aren't really in a conference or may not even be in a conference who would be left out of that. So I think yeah. I would have to say the eight best teams um, get in based on the selection of the committee. I think that would be best because then you'd get, you know, teams like UCF, like I said before, to get in there and, and teams like, uh, well, if they didn't lose, Washington State probably would have got in had they not lost last week. Um, but you get you get other teams that you don't really see as often into this into the power play with the big boys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, honestly. There's not many people that, that think the way I do on this. Most people want to see the five Power Five champions and then three at-large bids, or some people want to see two at-large bids and the best uh, non-Power Five team get in. But I think best eight is the best way to do it because look at this season. you got Northwestern and you got Pittsburgh in the uh, conference championship game. If one of those two teams end up winning their conference, they don't deserve a spot in the in an eight-team playoff because they would both be ranked around you know 15 still if they won their conference. So. I yeah. think that for that reason, um, although it doesn't happen often, and most likely both of those teams are going to lose this week anyways, Pittsburgh and uh, Northwestern. But still, in the rare case that something like that happens, like because if Pittsburgh wins, they're 8-5, and five, and they'll probably be ranked like 20. So that wouldn't be a team you probably want to see in an 18-playoff. So I like just kind of having eight at-large bids. If you win your Power 5 conference, you're probably going to be one of the top eight teams, though. Yeah, and it, that kind of mixes in. That's what I was going to touch on. If you win your Power Conference – then the the committee will most likely put you in. Uh, yeah, you'll most likely be most likely be up there anyways. If you look at it this year, it's, the winners are probably going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, um, Oklahoma, and Washington. And even Washington's at ten now, so they would probably be at eight anyways if they win. So yeah, yeah most yep. of the time you're going to get there. So yeah, yeah. Honestly, I like what you said though. I'm glad someone agrees with me on the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I know. I think JT does, and I'm having a podcast with him after this. So I think I'm I don't know. It. Some of the things he says, man, irritates me. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. I'm about to have a podcast with him, so we'll see what he feels about the Rose Bowl. So, I guess that's the question of the day. How do people feel about the Rose Bowl? I guess I'm just gonna start asking random people. Yeah, I guess I will too. 
Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you, man. I remember the old days of, uh, I don't remember them, obviously, but I've watched a lot of videos of, you know, um, yeah, just some good Archie Griffin in the Rose Bowl or playing OJ Simpson in the Rose Bowl against mm-hmm. USC. So some good times back in the 60s and 70s under Woody. And That's a lot of right. Till Woody yeah. went ahead and punched some dude in the face. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably done anyways soon after yeah. that. <laughs> he yeah. was getting a little senile anyways. Classic, classic gridiron football. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of miss the uh, the the real grass. Although Ohio State plays really well on turf, so I can't complain. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the the things that are that has lost from this Ohio State Michigan uh, rivalry. If I could reiterate back to that, I mean, we just we don't seem that pounded in your throat, you know, kind of football anymore. Uh, like when they asked Woody Hayes, why'd you go for a two point conversion when you're ahead by so many points? He said, well, mm-hmm. I, because I couldn't go for three, you know, I missed yeah. that. I want to be able to keep going at this team and just keep pounding it in uh, like they did back in the day, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, Urban Myers, obviously seven and zero in the rivalry. So I can't complain too much, but I did want to see him uh, get to 70 last week, score that late touchdown and go for two or at least just score the touchdown, you know? So, I'm kind of and disappointed I, he took a knee on the five-yard line, but still, he's just yeah, that I mean, kind of guy. We probably would have got 70, but a little little mishap on special teams there probably ruined that drive for us. But other than that, we I think it was a very successful game. Yeah, obviously a super successful game, but that game was crazy, man. You score 62 points against the best defense in the country. You take a knee on the five-yard line towards the end of the game. You have two drives that stall out on the two-yard line. It could have easily dropped an 80-piece on the number one defense in the oh, country. Absolutely. And if you were one of those people that saw me driving around, listening to the Michigan game on the radio, you probably thought <laughs> a crazy person because I was yelling and screaming, hitting my steering wheel in the car. I was so ecstatic <laughs> listening to this game. It, it's just a great thing every year to come out and, and beat the team up north. You were in the car listening, huh? I was, yeah. I was on my way to uh, my other job. Uh, I was listening to the second half. And, uh, you know, I was just going crazy, man. I was in there yelling, cursing. It was it was great. It was a great time. <laughs> and you got a schedule ahead for Ohio State, Michigan. I know. It's, you know, holiday weekends when you work in retail, man. You just kind of got to have to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy game, man, though. Ohio State, overall, how did you feel? Just I mean, 11-1, and one, it had its ups and downs. But how did you feel about this regular season? Uh, the regular season, I felt it was – we started off a little slow being – you know, looking at other Ohio State seasons, but we found our way after that uh, Purdue loss, um, most likely because, like, or most when you look at when we first beat TCU, uh, being the first ranked team that we faced, that was a huge win um, to get the Buckeyes, you know, onto the main stage and people to look at us. And then after that loss uh, to Purdue, uh, it kind of hurt the demeanor and the, you know, the demeanor of the team, and we had to find our way back into winning. Um, but besides all that, I mean, when you look at it, last time we lost a game by that much to a team, we ended up winning the national championship game. Mm-hmm. I remember because I was at that Virginia Tech game. Mm. Uh, at that, Yeah, that was rough. My That's dad, brutal. I wasn't allowed back anymore, but <laughs> back in the shoe. But, yeah, I mean, you just got to look You got to look at it as from an optimistic way. I mean, a W is a W no matter how, how you get it. I just mm-hmm. hope that the playoff committee can see that and, and get these Buckeyes in the spot that they deserve to be in. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, 
So finally, one thing I guess I want to talk about, you kind of kind of sparked something in my brain there, but I want to talk about this a little bit, Ohio State versus Oklahoma debate. I know we kind of wrapped that up, but obviously there's the loss to Purdue by 29 points. But when I remember in 2014 when this committee started, one of the things that stood out to me that they, they said a lot was, we care more about who you beat than who you lose to. Um, and it feels like they're not going off that anymore. Last year, Ohio State was kept out over Alabama, who did not have a conference championship. Ohio State did. And if you look at that, it was very similar to this year. They lost to Iowa by 31 points, I want to say. And it felt like that was pretty much the reason we were left out. And it feels like it's going to be similar this year because we lost to Purdue by 29 points. And the way I look at it is I stick with what they said in 2014. I think there should be some consistency to this committee. And they said, uh, you know, we care about more who you beat and not who you lose to. And this is a high state team that beat number seven now. Michigan and they beat I want to say number 10 Penn State at the time number 12 and Oklahoma has beaten number 23 Iowa State um, just barely hanging on to that ranking and number 16 or 17 West Virginia so if you look at it like who they beat then Ohio State's by far has the better wins yeah I agree and I think I think the committee does need to be a little bit more consistent uh, with the choosing and the selection of the teams Mm -hmm. uh, because Alabama not having that conference game uh, they they should have never got in. That's just my opinion. I think if you don't if you don't win in the conference championship game, then I don't really think you deserve to be into the playoff spot. I mean, even if the Buckeyes didn't get into a Big Ten championship game, then no, I don't think we deserve to be into the playoff spot. And so I I, I have to agree. It is about who you beat, not who you lose to. And uh, I think the the committee has definitely lost touch of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I. I... It feels like every college football team has a slip up here or there. I mean, just look at Urban Meyer. Every year he always finds a way to kind of lose one inexplicable game. So it's just college football. So I think more important who you beat. But the committee, like you said, it's kind of lost touch of that. Um, anything else you want to go into, though? Uh, I think I've covered everything in my notes, man. I think we're I think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for Northwestern tomorrow. Hope you make it out. Hope you get off work. I don't know how I have you. <laughs> I have not, no. Um, I can't find anybody to cover my stuff, but I will definitely record it and uh, watch maliciously the next day um, so you and I can talk further about this on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, this sounds good over the phone, so we'll probably just do that. Sometimes I have people in through the phone. Yeah, yeah. It's awful audio, but today it worked really well. Thanks to Matt Hayes for coming on. The audio was great over the phone with that, and this audio has been good. I've been able to hear you the whole time. It sounded pretty solid. Yeah, all right, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, all the people, thanks to listening. Uh, Cody Boggs here. He will be back probably Sunday night. We're going to do a podcast, I believe, and we're going to talk about the uh, – when did you say you could come on? Um, I can come on after uh, 7.30. Okay, that, that so should work on, perfect. Like 8 o'clock, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so try to be prepared to talk a little bit about the Browns if you can. I can, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, <laughs> I, got some, I got some words about Baker Mayfield, but we'll get into that later. You a fan? Uh, you know, I like what he's doing and I respect what he's doing for this Browns team. Uh-huh. Uh, but ever since he planted that flag in the middle of my field, <laughs> I had a little, a little rough, a little rough time with him. We don't talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <Noted. laughs> because, you know, we cover Ohio State and the Browns here. So those yeah. are the two big ones. So we try not to just, we just try to act like that never happened. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But thanks to everyone for listening. Cody will be on. We'll be back Sunday night. I'll probably publish it Monday morning. 
We'll talk about where the Buckeyes end up in the playoff rankings. Unless they lose, of course, then we'll just talk about them losing. We'll cry about it for an hour. But if they win and they either get in or don't get in, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about where they ended up. If they didn't get in, we'll yell about it. If they did, we will be extremely excited, and we'll do a little mini preview of Alabama. But that should do it. Thanks, thanks, thanks to you, Cody, for coming on. Thank you, man. All right, that'll do it for Ohio versus the world.